Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast, season two, episode 12. Today, there's just three of us here myself, Tom, and we have Adam. Howdy. And we have Mike. That's me. And Sal has been banished to Mexico to do government, top secret government work, I believe, to go work on a chemtrail program. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) let's let's go with that. Oh. Sorry, that's an inside joke. So, <laughs> what do we have to talk about today? Um, I believe we're going to touch on the new Toyota Supra a little bit. And then we also have the Finier, the Fenner, the Finier, fin, a, new, a new supercar out of, uh, what is it, Saudi Arabia? Or no, no. I, I don't Emirates, know. I think. Uh, Emirates. So, UAE. Um, and then we're also going to have a change my mind section of the podcast <laughs> where Mike is going to change his mind, which I'll tell you folks does not I'll, happen I'll all probably, that often. I'll probably not change my mind, but you're welcome to try and change it. I, I'm not going to try. I've tried before and <laughs> I have utterly failed. So I was, was going to say, how's that worked out for you? It hasn't. It hasn't worked out <laughs> at all. <laughs> Cool. So, should we talk about the Supra? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this pops up in uh, on my radar, I guess, because of Geneva, right? So uh, Geneva Auto Show was going on. I don't know last week, this week. I'm not exactly sure, but anyways, in the last couple of days, it popped up in my uh, news feed of things I follow, and I was actually fairly impressed by the design. Um, so I wanted to bring it up to you guys and see what you guys thought, dude. I like. I opened the link that you sent for, uh, you know, the concept page here. And this is gorgeous. I love it. I love the way that the headlights, like the general shape of the car and the headlights, taillights all pay homage to like the last Supra. I mean, it's uh, now granted as Tom pointed out, this is, this is the racing version, right? So it's, those are always better. yeah. It's more. Yeah, I don't think you're more a wide body kit. I don't think you're gonna get the wide body kit when you buy one, Adam. No, Just but no, but I'm pretty sure you would immediately add the wide body kit. <laughs> yep, yep. Whoever is uh, beginning to manufacture those right now is in for a whole bunch of money yeah. Oh, yeah, making sure. wide body kits and altered backspacing wheels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very, uh, very good looking car, though. I think. What do you think, Tom? I, so uh, to be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of the old one. So they quit making them in 2002. Right. And one of the things that was always it that was, ago? it was, wow. it was quite a long time ago. One of the things that always was interesting to me about the Supra was this legendary tale that I heard of. You basically change the exhaust and you get like another 75 horsepower or hundred horsepower or something. Yeah. But like, was that actually I, true? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know anybody that had one to try. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know how many they made, but I don't think they made like a ton of them. Um, I think I think really the big thing, you know, it was like a from that era especially, right? Like it was a little um, twin turboed um, six cylinder. So it was actually a straight six, which is actually interesting. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't it the two JZ motor or something? Isn't that what they call those things? 
I, w- I would uh, only yes. know that from Fast and Furious. <laughs> I, I am. I, I mean, I know a little bit more outside of Fast and Furious, but I also am not up to speed on my import car market uh, engine availability either. So, so yeah. So I think I think it's one of those things that if I drove one, I would probably like fall in love with them. I have driven a Mitsubishi 3000 GT before, and that is pretty freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, like I, and honestly, like somebody's going to hate me for this, but I feel like they kind of look like, um, like the last generation kind of more look like the Mitsubishi Eclipse. So I, I just looked up not to completely derail what you just said. Um, but I did just look up the specs for, uh, the old Supra, right. And it was a two JZ, um, and it was a twin turbocharged three liter, right. But it made 320 horsepower. Yeah, but I mean, the like, if you think around that era, that's not like a huge deal because the Mitsubishi, like the 3000 GT, um, the twin turbo one of that, I can't remember if the, like the, the VR4 was twin turbo, and I can't remember if the RT was turboed or not. But and then you also have the Dodge Stealth TT, which was twin turboed and made like 320 horsepower. Then you had the twin turbo 300 ZX, which made like 320 horsepower. Like, like that's pretty much right in the range of all these types of cars from that time. And I am a little bit biased towards the uh, 300 ZX actually of all of those cars for some reason. I, but uh, from a style okay. standpoint, I mean, if yeah, if the power is you know pretty much the same. I, I liked the Supra, but I'm a huge fan of Targa tops. So, you know, that was that was pretty, you know, one of the common options on that car. And I don't know. I like the the lines on it. I mean, I just think it was a great looking car. The 300ZX looks good too, but it's much more 80s, much more angular, I think. Mm, I think you're, you're thinking of or am the... am I thinking of an older body style? Z30... So yeah, you might be thinking of like the uh, the Z thirty one or yeah Z thirty one, like the previous gen. So like in I'm gonna get I used to know all the years and everything, and oh, now I'm no. forgetting. But this is what I'm thinking of, and it is still a little bit more angular, oh, okay. um, especially compared to a Supra. But mm-hmm. good looking cars still. This the so yeah. I just want to point out that if you were to buy a Mustang of the same vintage as the original Supra and you wanted one with similar horsepower, you would have had to go Uh all the way up to the Mustang SVT Cobra. Wow. In order to, in order to get over 300 uh, horsepower. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not nothing. Or a Mach 1. Yeah. yeah. Like an 04, an 04 Mach 1. Yeah. Well, I was looking like 98, 99, the pre, uh, you said they discontinued the Supra in 2002, right? So I was looking. Yep. that time frame now looking at 90s era's cars now has me very nostalgic <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool time right like the uh i mean you kind of had a little bit of like what's going on right now except it was like this kind of more compact like roadster almost not really roadster but like coupe you know kind of competition between all these companies um, arguably, you know, even arguably had, the Challenger and the Camaro and the Mustang are still coupes, Tom. It's true, but they're not as compact as these things were, right? Like, oh, you're talking. I mean, you're thinking like more import 
sort of the import scene, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, these are imports and stuff. But I was thinking more. I was kind of talking more like the the size and stuff. Like these things are all like honestly like pretty short. You know, pretty like they're yeah. sports cars, right? Like the American version of a sports car is not really a sports car, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can argue both ways, but either way, I'm excited that the Supra's coming back. I, I mean, it's not like it doesn't fall into my wheelhouse, right? As far as something that I would potentially buy. Um, but it's good to see Toyota kind of getting back in the game. You want to know how you can get one of these really cool cars before they uh, come oh, out? Tom, tell me. So this, so the new one is allegedly also a straight six. Okay, just like the uh, the previous gen was, which I I think we all love that engine configuration. Um, but did you know that the new Supra is going to share the platform with share a platform with the BMW Z4? Really. Hmm. Yep. Supposedly, unless my my uh, you know internet readings is, are wrong. So what but you're saying is, if you want one beforehand, you, you can just buy a BMW. No, you can't just buy any BMW. You would have to buy to get even close. Which I mean, I'm pretty sure the Supra is still going to handle a lot differently. Um, but you could purchase a BMW Z4M coupe. And that might give you a little sample of what that super might be like. Well, that's, I mean, that's not nothing. Oh, and the Z4M, honestly, <clears throat> the Z4M is a pretty stellar car. I honestly have not read up on it. I, have, I know zero things about the Z4 in any M or not M signifier. Well, on BMW, okay, just to give you a little, a little, you know, bit of knowledge for you to uh, use later. In BMW, anything with an M after it is usually really, really good. So, um, yeah. All right, all right. Well, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, just want to drop that little piece of uh, Sesame Street alphabet knowledge on you there, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. Tom. So, so speaking of performance cars, let's talk about the the Fenner, Fenier, Fen, Fen, the the thing, the other thing. Someone please tell us how to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, please. If nothing else, let's get some people commenting to tell us how to pronounce that. Wait, how are they going to comment to tell us how to print? I don't know. I, uh, phonetic spelling, maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You actually, you guys can call us. I'll give you <laughs> Mike's number. Fine, yeah. It's um. I'll give him my number, and that's fine. I'll answer most for most things. <laughs> If you send me a text, though, I'm not going to answer. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, this thing is kind of interesting, right? Like, so this comes from the same people that make the uh, the Lycan. Uh, out, yeah, which is out of Dubai, which explains why it looks like it does. Duh. Should have figured that one out. What are you, what are you implying, I'm just saying like? that I would, would wholeheartedly expect a vehicle that looks like this to come out of Dubai. Is that a good uh, thing? It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just what I would have expected. Man, you, you don't take the bait as easily as like most people on social media and stuff uh, do today. If you haven't noticed, yeah, no, not not usually. <laughs> but it is a good looking car. I mean, I'm not uh, 
I'm not turned off by the design. It's a bit angular for me uh, personally, but it is a it is a good looking car. What do you think the price point is going to be? Is to buy one of those places where women have to wear the, wear the full uh, full length clothes. Uh, I can't remember if the, I believe that applies there as well. I, yeah, I I I'm not sure. I'm, all I'm going to say we're very cultured. All here. I'm say cultured. Is, <laughs> yeah, very cultured. <laughs> Obviously, none of us have ever been to the Middle East. Um, but but what I was going to say is, if it is, that explains the design a lot more too, because because suicide doors. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going you know with how, this. Do you know how Italian design uh, the cars are always explained as yeah. uh, being sexy and having curves like a woman? Uh, you know, if you were to talk to a Ferrari designer, that's what they're going to say their inspiration is, right? This car looks mm-hmm. like it was designed by a dude that hasn't ever seen a woman. Just, I'm just gonna say, I just, I mean, that's kind of what that makes a lot of sense to me. Not to say it was designed by a dude and, that yeah. likes men, but it was, it was designed by a dude who likes geometry, or like a guy that's only ever seen women with shoulder pads. Maybe, yeah, watches too much football. I don't know. And I guess too, like the the thing has come across their face at a sharp angle i don't yeah i don't, I don't honestly i think dubai is one of the more one of the less uh stringent uh countries in the middle east um but yeah uh i, guess less I feel like you're pretty much going to offend everybody <laughs> oh, probably, with that statement probably but that's okay <laughs> it's not the first time i've offended people. it is very angular it has kind of a, a, a stealth fighter look to it and the only th- I kind of like the stealth fighter look. It's not quite as crazy as uh, what's what's the other one? I can't remember the name. You guys just said it. Um, the Lambo thing. No. Yeah, the like. Oh, the like. Not the as angular as that. The only thing I, mm-hmm. the thing that jumps out at me is when you look at like the side profile of the Fenner. It's got the rounded fenders, like slightly rounded no like if you you look at the side actually angles yeah if you look at the side profile it's like just rounded fenders and they just clash with the rest of the angles i think yeah that's true yeah yeah but it has suicide doors so that makes up for it so (laughs) i do like the suicide doors i'm gonna be the first i'm the first person to say that i'm not a fan of uh like batwing and gullwing and lambo doors and things like that i think it's just excessive but suicide doors that's something i can get behind or in front of as the case may be <laughs> you know what? i think i just figured this out. Figure out Tom? and this is like this is like the most this is potentially a brilliant car design um okay so i have you remember this is a little backstory, but remember Alex Roy with his uh, BMW M5 doing the Cannonball Run was a big deal like nine years yeah, ago, yeah. eight years ago, no, yeah, it was quite ten years ago. Um, yeah, so that always that inspired me, um, and I had uh, I started doing a little bit of research on how radar works, um, and also how st- stealth um, things like the B 
uh, or the uh, mm-hmm. F-117A jet yep. fighter, yep. or yeah, blah, stealth bomber work. And uh, this exhibits a, I, I would have to get a uh, something out to check the angles on this, but this looks like it may exhibit some uh, radar footprint reducing <laughs> angular geometry here. You're probably right about that, but also no. Um, because if you do some research into some of those various uh, stealth aerospace type airplanes um, you'll find that they're all painted black and it's a special kind of black because that helps to absorb radar signals and some of these uh, more glossy uh, Uh high sheen panels like you see on the Fenner here would not be that at all also scroll down scroll down to the second picture yeah it, no, the black it's still too one. um but also i'm pretty sure whoever's going to catch you on the ground speeding is going to be line of sight to you whereas in the air it's not so much a line of sight thing it's way more uh, i can't see you so i'm relying on radar to see you well, no, but like for a car, it doesn't matter if they can see you or not because, you know, in this, if 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 you are in this car and you cannot outrun the police, we then you deserve speak- to be so, caught. So, first wait, of all, okay? wait, <laughs> second of all, wait. So so speaking of outrunning the police, there was a guy that was caught in Indiana um, in a Hellcat doing 160 miles an hour on the highway, and the cop got up to 150 before he decided that he wasn't catching up to him. So he had to call for reinforcements to show up ahead of him. I saw that. <laughs> and the guy and the guy was just like idling down the highway, <laughs> like probably on like Facebook or something, like didn't even realize no, how fast he was to going. Maryland for a court date or something. Oh, I don't know. That worked out well. <laughs> yeah, right. Best excuse ever. Yeah. So Not. so uh so you it, just because you have a fast car doesn't mean you can outrun the cops. Radios are pretty good at making that not work anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Ah, all right, well, I mean, have we offended enough people <laughs> to talk about illegal things? The next topic. Because oh, we're okay. talking about crossovers. Oh, is this the... Uh... Yeah. Change my mind it, segment so portion I, of the podcast. I got in a crossover yesterday, um, and it was a Ford Edge. And, I, I mean, I wasn't in it for long. I went for a drink, and when well, I went for a drink with a buddy of mine, and uh, it was, you know, it was all right. I was okay with it. Um, it was a little it was a little too SUV-y for me. I prefer cars and trucks and not so much, like, the weird middle thing that is SUVs. Um, but that said, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was all right. And you said this was, but I still don't you like said this was an edge. Yeah. Yep. Ford edge. That is coincidence that it was a Ford. All right. And it's it, not like I told my buddy to go rent a freaking Ford so that I could review it. So, so how did this change your mind? How did it, how did it cause the thought of your mind changing to enter your head? <laughs> I, 
Dig deep. I still don't like, like it, right? Like, what do you not like about it? Here's because here's the thing, right? Like, to be honest, like my truck is totally not. Yeah, we've practical. gone over this many times. I don't really have. Yeah, but if you think about what the most practical vehicle is, right? It's probably an SUV for me. I need something that has all-wheel drive because I do tend, to, like in the winter time, like I use the four-wheel drive on my truck. You know, I've used four-wheel drive on all the vehicles I've had, which I guess I probably could avoid if I just didn't do stupid things. But that's not going to change. So I need four-wheel drive. Um, it's nice to have you know the full space in a locked like that you can lock right. So like my truck, I throw something in the bed. You know, can somebody can walk by and like yeah, but do you grab really it out have of any there, space in an SUV? Do you like? Do you really? I mean, in my Escape, I had quite a bit of space with the seats folded down. I use that like a truck many yeah, times. Actually, don't so much get that in one of these kind of crossover SUVs. Well, an Edge is bigger than the Escape, right? And like the nice thing is, so here's the thing that makes or breaks that, okay? Is that if the rear seats don't fold down flat, then I'd say screw it, okay? But if you have like, and I'll and I'll call a crossover. Like some people are going to call a crossover like the uh, like BMW X6 or whatever, right? And the um, oh, what's the Mercedes one? They basically look like hatchbacks that are lifted, right? Um. And Edge is a kind of in a weird place there, I guess. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, like, those things, like, you drive them on the road, like, 99% of the time, and, de- you know, on decent roads, uh, 99% of the time. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Edge gets pretty good gas mileage, and it's pretty roomy inside, has good, like, equipment, yeah, but, standard features. But it's the same as a car. Right, uh-huh. a station wagon would. Uh, I'm going back to station wagon because a station wagon would serve the same purposes and handle better. A station wagon with yeah. a two Crossover inch lift is, is basically a crossover. But it doesn't really have a two inch. It, but it, but it doesn't really have any more ground clearance. <laughs> You're not really getting anything out of it. It just changes your driving position a little bit. Do you like which driving position do you Personally, like better? I like to be sitting in a bucket seat mere inches above the ground. Car bottom. Like what? in an old Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the other thing though. Like it is. Getting in and out of a crossover is easier than getting in and out of a car. Right. And I I've never I've only begun to notice you that. You are also much more athletic than us. Never <laughs> <laughs> and you're also like barely 30 so like like i don't know i can see people like who want you know like a little bit easier like interaction with their car because the other thing too is like you to throw stuff in the back of an edge like you don't have to you know bend down to put it in or pull it like get it out or whatever like i don't know but yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold to the that uh, station wagons are basically crossovers that are have I'd, a lowering I'd say kit. Crossovers are basically station wagons with a lift kit, like well, you I did mean, previously. if you, if you because the station wagon so, came first. I mean, if so. your major gripe, so your major gripe with crossovers is is that cars handle better, right? 
I mean, what about like an edge sport or, you know, something like that? It's all wheel drive, an edge lower ST. to the ground, bigger brakes. No? Yeah, find a station wagon that has specs like a edge. Yeah, Mike, just li- Mike just likes the big motors in the station wagons. Now, if you want to argue it from a different point, I would argue yeah. that crossovers are absolutely soulless. Well, that I agree with for sure. And station wagons, I think, definitely have a soul. So if it's like, you know, <laughs> all crossovers go to heaven, that'd be a short movie with a tragic ending. Right? <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Okay. So. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, all right. So we know where people that drive crossovers go. Wow. All right. So, Mike, what's going on with the Alcan truck? <laughs> Um, I'm actually going to go out to the garage as soon as we're done here, because I think I finally figured out what was wrong with the rear end. What? What what was wrong with with it? I tried to put it together this last weekend. And when I, wait, is this something I shouldn't hear? Cause I, I can step away. So I had, I got all the pieces last week. Right. (laughs) And if you recall, on episode 11, I said that I was going to try and get it together uh, the following weekend so that I could tool it around town with sitting on a bucket. And that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and that didn't happen because of reasons. But the biggest reason was I put one side of the banjo housing together. And can we just put a link to uh, Banjo Rebuild on the podcast description so people can look at this? Because I tried to explain it to my old man, and it took me like a half hour of explaining. And I had to have him draw a picture to understand what I was talking about. So, (laughs) basically, I put one half of the rear end together, and that was fine. And then I went to go put the other half on, and I had like three-sixteenths of an inch gap, right? And I was like, well, that's not right. And it was too much to, you know, like suck up with the bolts. It's not like it, it, it would have bound both of the bearings that are in there to hold it all together. And so I was like, well, mm-hmm. it's got to be because I'm running an old gear in a newer housing. And so the bearings have got to be different. And that's my problem. And so I took it apart and I put on the old style bearing. I'd already put on one of the newer style bearings on the gear. And so I put one of the old style bearings on the gear. And put it all back together. Actually, I, I didn't put it all back together. I put that on the housing then, and I had interference. And so that's when I called my old man, because at this point I was like, well, I've tried both bearings and nothing's good. Neither one of them's going to work. And so he was on the phone with me and I was on the phone and we were talking, to, talking it through, right? Cause I just needed to talk it through with somebody who could kind of understand what was going on. And, uh, I measured, I don't know, everything. I measured absolutely everything while he was on the phone, basically. And I came to the conclusion that I should have left the the newer bearing on and there's something else going on. Um, and, and I found out today what that other thing that was going on was when I went to go assemble it. And what it was is the clutch for the Columbia, the two-speed, wasn't fully seated in its 
uh, mating counterpart. And so that was causing my housing to sit out that extra three sixteenths of an inch, right? And I found that by turning the axle housing upright, vertical, instead of laying it on its side, you can assemble things a whole lot easier. And it takes up that slack so that the mating parts actually mate the way that they're supposed to mate without having to force things or try to line things up or try to muscle things in place. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's all going to work. And I'm going to go put it all back together tonight. And then I may be up till very, very early tomorrow morning because, well, now things are going together. So. And then, that, yeah, then you can drive it into work tomorrow. Tom. We still live in Michigan. Oh, well, it's true. It's sad. Well, that's cool. So you learned that you learned how to use I did. gravity I did to your learn advantage. How to use gravity to my advantage. That's that's good. That's good. That's probably how they put them together in the factory too. That, you, well, like you actually, deduced that. My old man found an article and sent it to me, so he helped a lot on that. Well, well, that's that's good. That's it's that's what they're for. So yeah, it's uh, hopefully I'll have the rear end in. Like I said, this weekend. Um, and in the meantime, I actually, I did take care of some other things. I plumbed in fuel line and brake lines for the front. Um, so those are ready to go now. So as soon as I get the rear end in, I can plumb in rear brake lines and add fuel to the fuel tank. And it'll drive without like a gas can next to me on a seat, which it's, which it's never, which it has never done in the amount of time that I have owned it. Yeah. Sweet. That's so you've gone, you've gone from, let me see in like what, three months, three and a half months, you've gone from where it was before down to the bare frame back to past where it was before. Something like that. When'd you get it from? When'd you pick it up from Illinois? But, um, no, it's been longer than that. I, I feel can't like remember. It's like September time frame. Oh, maybe it was. But still, yeah, it's, it's possible. Uh, you know, a fairly quick turnaround. Yeah, a lot of that's been uh, like waiting on some it other parts been. and stuff to get done so, too, though. So. Uh, yeah, yep. That's where we stand cool. right now. Awesome, and we released a video, episode five, for the Alcan project on YouTube. So feel free to check that out. And uh, that's actually some of that stuff is a little bit old. So hopefully we'll get some more yeah, footage here soon and make another for, one. You know, working and not. I can't wait to see. Yeah, uh, can't wait to see the one of uh, it driving. <laughs> <laughs> the progress. I will take a video of that. Yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. Cool. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll wrap things up here. Um, we have a special ask of all of our listeners. Um, if you are so inclined to go on the iTunes uh, or whatever system you're listening to this podcast on and give us a rating, that would be amazing. And if you really feel inclined, you can uh, leave us a review on whatever platform that you're using. Um, yeah, we would really appreciate it. And you, we would be forever indebted to your comments. Um, 
Actually, actually, I'm I'm really curious yes. which one yes. of the presenters they like best. Um, I have an inkling it's either Adam or Sal, but uh, you know, if you would like to comment and say which one of us you would like to listen to, that's always uh, that'd be appreciated too. Mostly, mostly because I want to <laughs> hold it over Tom's head. Man, if I just like <laughs> stirring the pot, man. Cool. All right. Well, you can check us out on car as bleh. you can check us out at carsunfiltered.com and on iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. And uh yeah. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.